Yo, 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 yo! Welcome to the Good Facts podcast series, powered by DGF Agency and hosted by me, myself, and I, Duarte Figueira, also known as Duda. The Good Facts is all about the facts that I really care for, straight from me to you. Everything that I care about, music, media, food, sports, video games, and whatever else comes out of my mind during the week and the remaining weeks and whenever. <laughs> so yeah, guys, welcome to episode four. I know some of you might have already read the actual description of the episode, but I'll hop into that in a second. Let me first recap episode three, in which I, I talk about Skepta and Konnichiwa. Uh, it was pretty great to talk about one of my favorite artists and his latest compilation. Uh, it was also great to get feedback from you guys saying that You, you guys liked what I did in regards of the explanation of each track, what I know about his background, what I know about Boy But I Know, BBK, his dieses and his beefs and everything that goes on outside of the spectrum of the album that gives context, context to it. Uh, so yeah, guys, thank you for the feedback. Uh, I, might, I might do this in the future again, probably pick up a different type of genre. Uh, probably one of my favorite genres ever, which is reggae and dancehall. Um, I gotta pick the artist because that's gonna be the hardest part since I have so many favorite artists when it comes to those two particular genres, more specifically reggae and then the subgenre uh, dancehall. But yeah, I'll, I'll hop into that in the future for sure. But again, guys, thank you very much for the feedback. Don't forget to subscribe if you liked it and if you like what I've been talking about. And if you feel free to press the heart button on SoundCloud and to interact with me on any subject, uh, I expect a lot of a lot of interaction on this next on this episode in particular because of the subject and the actual idea that I have about it. So feel free to reach out to me through comments using the hashtag the good facts on Twitter or reach me out on Tumblr or email, whatever. Just feel free to say anything you want to say. I hope you do it on this actual episode. So, episode four. Uh, it's kind of like a hard topic to describe in one word, but what I wrote on this actual description is what I think I'm going to be discussing on this. Uh, so yeah, it's music. What about the first time that you listen to a song and why is the first experience so important? Um... And this topic really excites me. Uh, it's about the first time that you listen to a song. So let's picture this. The moment that you listen to a particular recording for the first time, no matter what it is. It can be a singer, a rapper, an instrumental, or any type of song composition that you ever uh, encountered. The actual sound recording of the song, like the actual recording of it, or the live performance of a song. Uh, it doesn't really matter. It's just about the first time that you hear that that composition, that emotion, that whole thing that the artist decided to share with you. Uh, and it's about what you heard and what you listen to. It's two different things. And I'm going to start by explaining what they both mean before I answer anything else that this topic might pop up. So let's first define hearing and listening. So let me just start with the verb to hear. It's to perceive with the ear the sound made by someone or something. 
is to be told or informed of, is to be aware, know of the existence, existence of, is to be contacted by someone, especially by letter or telephone, or in legal matters, is to listen to a, and to judge a case or a plaintiff, or to listen to and grant a prayer. When it comes to the verb to listen, uh, the definition that I found is to give one's attention to a sound, is the fact of taking notice of and act on what someone says, is to respond to advice or a request, is to make an effort to hear something, to be alert and ready to hear something. It's normally used to urge someone to pay attention to what one is going to say, as a noun is the act of listening to something. So, in other words, listening describes an intentional activity. When you are listening, you are actively trying to hear something. In contrast, hearing is something that happens without any intentional effort. You can hear something even when you don't want to hear it and don't try to hear it. So it's really easy to understand. Explain by like this. Hearing is just the act of sounds going through your ears, while listening is paying attention to those sounds. Really and truly is just that. I just wanted to be a little bit fancy and explain with Webster dictionary definitions. But I hope everybody understands from now because I'm going to be explaining a lot of issues regarding listening and hearing. So I just wanted to introduce this topic with the definition of both. So let's now dig into the topic of episode four, the first time that you listen to a song. How important is that moment for you? In my opinion, it is one of the most important moments for a music listener. How do you think that moment defines the perception that you have of the song, the artist, and the genre that you're listening to? In my opinion, it's once-in-a-lifetime experience. It's a, really, it's a really precious moment. And above all, it's your decision to listen to it, or just hear it. Ultimately, you are using the precious time of your lifespan to listen to someone else's perspective on something. With this said, I can conclude that artists, intrinsically, ask you for your time to listen to what he, she, or them have to share with the world. And, as we all know, time is unrecoupable. You can never get it back. With that said, really and truly, the question is not why the artist created the tangible representation of his or her perspective of the world, but why should the listener use his or her time to listen to that tangible piece? And for what price to the creator? And to the listener, it's all about the moment that the artist recorded that take, matching with the moment that the listener heard that recording. From being able to be in recording sessions, I know the amount of variables that need to be lined up to a certain recording to come out a certain way. If people knew the amount of times that it takes to make certain sentences sound a certain way, or a word be said on a certain tone, it's crazy. The so-called delivery, as some producers and artists refer to. But yeah, I truly appreciate and respect to see people loving certain moments of songs that I remember perfectly when and how they were recorded. Seeing them singing it so energetically and knowing what, what was on Richie's or Hkula's effort to put that piece together, it's really a blessing to me. It's such a mix of variables, moments, people, vibes, and other things that can define such an important experience to the listener and to the recorder, the actual artist. It's a magic connection that happens once in your lifetime. 
adding up to my theory, you can't really sing a song for the first time, right? Once you hear it, your brain memorizes those sounds, better or worse, depending on the conditions that you heard them, right? How many of us had that feeling of, I already heard this, but you can't really remember when and where? Probably because that first experience wasn't that strong for you. Even though it might have been pleasant, that doesn't mean anything. The fact that you didn't feel any interest on the song, and you didn't, you didn't ask for the name of the, of the song or the artist that is performing it when you heard it for the first time, may be the explanation for why you didn't assimilate it. Or, as sometimes happens to the casual music listener, it is just because it has been playing all over the place, like on radio, TV, ads, etc. And you still didn't take the time to ask who is performing it. Ultimately, it really depends on each person's taste and will to know more about the perspective that the artist, the producer, the writer, etc. are sharing with the listener. And that is when the conditions, in which I'm referring to the actual sound gear and hardware that the listener is going to listen to the song, can define the outcome of your likeness or unlikeness of an artist or a song. Also, to add up to my theory about the first time that you listen to a song, it is incredible to see how the first time that you listen to a certain recording can change everything forever between the human being that is singing, rapping, producing, or writing, and the human being that is listening to it. The fact that you might listen to a certain song on a certain way will define the end result of your experience with that song and the artist which will also interact on your perspective towards it, or him or she or them, your opinion, your, if you are going to share it or not, if you are going to listen to it again or not, if it was a good experience and a good sharing or not. It's such a, an important moment for both parties. This is the moment that can define your taste as a listener and also the success of an artist as the one sharing their perspective. It's the power of music and sound connected in one precious life moment. This moment, for me, is priceless. With all of that said, I hope I left you, the listener, wondering about this subject and hopefully change your perspective towards it. For me, listening to a song is a really important and careful moment of my lifetime. Since I love music composition so much, I ensure myself that I take the right approach to perceiving such a moment of sharing between me, the listener, and the creator, possibly the artist performing the song. I hope these ideas make you consider the next time that you stop to embrace someone else's perspective of life, represented in this case through the medium of a sound recording. After all these questions and explanations about the first time that you listened to a song that I just did, just also to sparkle your brain in regards of this interesting subject, let me tell a little bit about my own experience with music, rather recorded or live. So, my first experiences listening to certain songs and albums include, of course, uh, Richie Campbell. Um, I can say definitely that my first actual recording session was with Richie uh, when we recorded um, one of Firebox's first dub plates uh, of Eldin at Cisco's house. Um, thank you, Cisco. Thank you, Richie. Uh, it was pretty great. We played that dub plate 
at the night that we played with Alberosi, the first time that he went to Portugal. This is crazy. We're talking about late 2007, I think. I think. Um, another session with Richie and another really important uh, listening experience for me when it comes to Richie's songs was actually What A Day, one of the songs of Focused. Um, because that song... Um, that song refers to the first day that I ever went to Jamaica. Um, when I got off, out of the plane, Ben and Curtis and Chin, and I think Salvador, no, just Ben, Curtis and Chin came up to the airport to pick me up. And they told me, yo, Duda, we're going straight to this studio session with Don Corleone at, the, at Don Corleone's house. And... I step into the house and Richie is listening to what the day's beat at the time. We He didn't have any idea for it already. Uh, they were just reasoning about it and vibing. And it's, it's a really important song for me because that song represents the first day that I ever went to the island that I, that I had looked up to for such a long period of time. And I still do. Um, so that song is really important. Also, another song that Richie did with another Richie, with Richie Stevens, because I was also in Jamaica when they did that, and I saw the whole session, and it was quite impressive to see like such um, such a boss, such an elder in the in the industry as Richie is, Richie Stevens teaching Richie and showing Richie the song that they were going to do, and I love the song personally. Um, and it was awesome. It was pretty awesome. Also, another song that I really enjoyed to be in a session with Richie was Man Don't Cry, uh, 420. Um, it was pretty awesome, too. And I don't know, there there were so many songs. We, we actually went together to Berlin. I went with him to finish recording a couple songs for Focused. And, and of course, I was in all the sessions there because we were together in Berlin just I was there with him just vibing to through the album and finishing I think two or three songs with Big Finger um, gentleman's drummer. But yeah, those of course those sessions are really important for me and of course a lot of um, other sessions for example the the this track that Richie did for Ajir at the time I spent the whole night with him uh developing that song and going through with him um, about the song and the lyrics and what he was going to say and the song even starts like saying something to me yo do the call that call that youth and so and so um but also another and also in the eight, eight in the 876 the the last album that Richie released uh i had the pleasure to be in portugal uh, just before i left to to orlando while Richie was having the actual recording sessions with uh, Nico and the 911 band in Lisbon. And, and I was there in a, co a couple of sessions. And it was pretty nice. Like it's, it's awesome to be in the studio with artists and listen to their first time ever of certain records and knowing like what Richie was eating before stepping into the session and what was the vibe, what we were talking about and all of that. And it was pretty awesome because then I went to Jamaica to, hear like the rest of the mix that Nico was doing and hear the album for the first time all put together and be there with with Kelao, with um, 
Salih, with Ben, with Richie and Nico and experience that and then see the result. It's outstanding. And I, I, I'm really thankful to Richie and Ben for giving me the, that, those opportunities, of course. Another artist that I also had the opportunity to witness a couple of sessions is, of course, Gula, who I managed between 2012 and the end of 2014. And of course, like one of his most important singles, Casanova, um, I was there for the session. Um, that song was supposed to be a dub plate for Firebox, but um, thankfully, thanks to Sam the Key, then thanks to me and Regula, we all talked about it. But mainly, Sam came up to to Regula and told him like, "Yo, bro, you have, you guys have something here." And we we heard it like not that we heard it better because we already kind of knew that the song was strong, but. We kind of like, yeah, you're right, bro. We got to give a little bit more strength to this. And we actually re-recorded actually re-recorded the song. And and then we went through with it and the video and everything. We actually separated the video from the triple threat and all of that, which was pretty awesome. But also like singing other songs from the album, like from um, not from that album, because I didn't really witness a lot of the sessions that Hula uh, did for Gensh because some of the songs were already built and uh, was he was already kind of like done with the album. There were like two or three more songs to be done. Uh, for example, the ones with Solid Movement and all of that. But but yeah, then like Kashka Grossa came true and I, I was in that session too. Mema Virge with Blaya. I also have some ad libs on that. Um, I remember Rosish uh, too. We recorded that. Uh, and yeah, those, those sessions were really important experiences for me. And of course, the, um, the sessions with, uh, Sync Trinta, the, the project with Fred and Carlão, that, that was crazy. Like I, I was actually there like almost every day and getting to the studio with actual Google or getting there a little bit later by myself and seeing the results of what they were doing and, seeing like hearing Hula's verse before lunch and then we go to lunch and then we come up come back and Hula does something different and then Carlon said man that those that those weeks were were awesome like as a as a industry professional as a music professional those uh, weeks are the reason why I'm here like those are the reason why those weeks of work and dedication and sweat and tears and conversations and discussions and brainstormings, those are the weeks that I see when I hear a record, like those specific records. And that's why I value so much when I stop to listen to a song, because I got to think what the artist went through. I try to think about all of that to, to perceive the artist sh sharing and all of that. Of course, that with Firebox, I had the opportunity to be at a lot of dub plate sessions. Uh, definitely one that I would never forget is the one with Johnny Osborne. Um, me and Scrippin went all the way to New York to witness this clash between LP and Blonde Posse. And I linked up Tech 9 and we had the opportunity to actually meet Super C, which is also a superstar when it comes to dub plates and um, reggae singles. And... And we had a session with Johnny Osborne and that was quite outstanding because Johnny was such a nice guy 
and is a classic and is such a, a icon for us and when it comes to reggae and dancehall and witness him recording and the whole vibe was was awesome was awesome pretty awesome and of course the um, the triple threats that those were like some of the craziest sessions that we have ever had because we would invite artists to come to our studio and talk about the music and talk about what they they're going to do in the next step like on the interview type of vibe but then we had to record the artist doing a, a freestyle doing a, a remix or actually re-recording the song uh sometimes it were just the plates um it was crazy like i remember the anthony b session he came true ikea was great too For, for example, Anthony B and IK were originals that we did. Like, it's crazy. With Last Hope Beats. Sorry, not Last Hope. Last. <laughs> um, of course, Hula's session with Kill Bills. Um, a really important session for us and for me personally was Short Size. Uh, rest in peace, my nigga. Um, short Size session was was pretty, pretty intense because... Size was really nervous, and I remember talking with Akula about that when we left, and also with Size, like, yo, bro, just, it's all good, like, you just were a little bit nervous, and but it was so exciting, man, it was, and it's one of our favorite tracks of what we did, because it was such an organic thing that we did there, and it was outstanding. Also, of course, like, Richie's time there, because he did two songs, Blash, Uh, Crystal Man, uh, Jealousy, um, and all those sessions that we did. And also, I, I just remember um, another dub plate that I'm really, another play session that was really outstanding was Conscience and Richie. That was also awesome to witness. Um, also, Gulas and Sam the Kid session that we did was, was awesome too. Uh, What else? Who else did we record? Yeah, man. As with Firebox, we had so many great sessions. It was was outstanding. But then when it comes to actually listening to songs for the first time, not being on the sessions, I can remember like out of my head the moment that Prof Jam showed me his, his mixtape BBT, The Big Bang Theory. Um, And we were at his house and I remember to point out like straight to him, like this song is going to get the most plays. This song is going to get the most plays or this song is going to do this and that. And and remembering those moments and, and then seeing the outcome and knowing how is he going and all of that, it's, it's outstanding. Um, another song that I kind of remember because it was it was a call out, like I called it out straight. Like I remember being at the house and... One of my homies from Portugal um, shared this song from this known Kizomba artist called Judge. And the song is called Machance. And I saw the song and I was like, yo, let me hear it. Because normally this kid shares like some great Kizomba tracks. And um, I checked it and the song at the time had 7,000 plays. I remember it perfectly. And I heard it and I remember calling DD, yo, bro, have you heard this thing? Machance. I was like, nah, bro, no, nah, I haven't. And I showed it to him and he was like, yo, this is dope, this is dope. Man, and I was like, yo, this is not dope. This is a hit for sure. 
and we kept listening to the song. I, I kept listening to the song like constantly. I was kind of like stuck to it. And we actually went on vacations, all of us together, our group to a place in Portugal called Lirisada. And I made them listen. I, I made like a, a small case study of a song in the group. So I played the song in repeat every like half an hour. And after a while, everybody was asking me for the song. Yo, dude, play, play that song again. Yo, dude. And when I got out of there, I told him, yo, guys, this song is going to be a major hit. Trust me. And by the end of that week, that song had 200,000 plays. Nowadays, it's roughly 17 million plays. 17. And I will never forget that experience of hearing that song for the first time and not knowing, but kind of like understanding, yo, this has a lot of potential. And it really proved itself as being one of the most important songs for this particular artist, which is George, which has other hits like Chukinha and Vaitimbora and other stuff. But that song for me kind of opened all the doors for him because that summer that song was playing on every girl's iPod, iPhone, car, YouTube, everywhere. But yeah. Another really important song for me, um, it's actually like the live footage of Capleton's performance in Paris in 2003. Uh, the intro of that concert is something that I will ever, forever in my life, have shills hearing it. Forever. Like, when I hear it, It's crazy. Me and a lot of other like reggae aficionados, reggae lovers um, say this. Uh, I know people at the 911 band that agree with me. This it's it was outstanding. I, I have chills every time that I hear it. And also another artist now stepping into the reggae section, another artist that really left a really important mark on me was Damien Marley when he came to Lisbon. Thanks to Positive Vibes. And when you perform Welcome to Drum Rock, I have that image every time that I hear that song of seeing him performing and seeing the flagman beside him. Then Matis Yao, which also came to Portugal at the time. Um, and on another, on another perspective, an artist called Sisla, Sisla Kalonji, uh, his song Taking Over is going to be in my head forever. And the image that I'm going to have from that song is the video that I saw at Vert Magazine's website back in 2003 or 2004 when I heard that song for the first time. I, I, I want to say 2004, 2005, because I can say definitely that that video made me start listening to more dancehall and reggae. Um, after that, there's songs like Valet, Fin da Ditadura. Uh, that song, I used to listen to that song almost every day uh, when I went to class, like when I was 16. Uh, I remember Hula's mixtapes. They were really important for, for me while I was growing up. Um, the first time that I heard Skepta, thanks to Richie, again, uh, I'll never forget those moments. I have a picture in my head of the moment that Richie showed me. We were outside on a Tuesday night. We went to see this show of his one of one of his ex-girlfriends and he introduced me to, to Skepta at the time um 
but also like when I heard Fresh for the first time, um, I was like, whoa, what is this? And I have a picture of that too. The first time that I heard uh, Mishlawi uh, perform to the specific song that I cannot talk about, but they know, um, I was like, what? And I will never forget that moment too. And also, as I referred already on the episode that I spoke with Richie, uh, the moment that I heard um, Do You Know Wrong, uh, it's a moment that I will never forget in my life. And of course, one of the experiences that is lodged in my head forever, it's my first ever live concert. Uh, some of you might think it's funny but it's kind of like a, a crazy artist that my mom took me to his name is Netinho and his hit song at the time was this song called um what was the name uh what was the name Netinho oh Mila Mili Humanoide it was this song all of my Portuguese listeners and Brazilian listeners will know what I'm talking about this thing was a major hit and I remember my mom took me and I was in the front line the front row checking the concert and I remember being so excited jumping that I, I will have that image forever in my mind I wish it was a different artist but at the time that was what I was listening to as a kid as Backstreet Boys and all of that. Um, and also, like, now that that memory came up, I, I just remembered, like, the first record that I bought, which was the Weasels, the Weasels album, I remember paying those, um, at the time was different coin currency in Portugal and everything. I remember paying that money for it. For it at the time was, like, 18... Hundreds, which is um quantio uh, uh um Portuguese currency at the time was called Scud, and it was crazy too. But then, like other memories come up, like Tara Perdida. I used to listen to a lot of that, and Blink One Eighty Two. Blink One Eighty Two is my brother, my brother's influence, of course, because he always gave me that input of that type of uh, rock and sublime and all of that, slightly stupid and all of that. That's why further in my life, I started listening to reggae, of course. But yeah, those were like the main musical moments for me. The, of course, there's live performances that I really enjoyed too. Um, but when it comes to actual experiences with music, I can say that those were the really important ones. I already said a lot of them, now so i hope you guys have an idea what i'm trying to explain but i hope it also helps you guys think about it because those moments will be forever lodged in your brain and from now on you're gonna like experience music i hope you're gonna experience music in a different way from what i'm saying <coughs> so i had to stop here because i'm already over 30 minutes and I said that I would not go over 30 minutes in terms of content for each episode. So yeah, I'm gonna stop here. Uh, on the next part, I'm gonna talk about some crazy experience that I had on a live performance. Uh, and I'm gonna keep going on the this subject a little bit more. Uh, so yeah, keep tuned in. Uh, remember to press the heart button if you like this, subscribe. Um, 
and if you enjoyed it share it with everybody but yeah listen to part two of episode four as soon as possible peace love unity and respect i'm out <laughs> <laughs>